Hi, everyone. This is Sarah Wolf. I just have four quick announcements that I wanted to share with you. If you didn't know, we are also on YouTube. And when I have guests, most of the time we record the videos. So if you want to ever jump over there and watch the show instead of just listening to it, you can just find us at Creatrix Culture. I also do sound baths and the majority of the sound baths that I do, I record it. So I also put those videos up there. If you do want a meditation and a sound healing, you have access to that as well on that channel. I've just been notified that Spotify, now you can rate the show. You've always been able to rate it on Apple Podcasts, but now you can rate it on Spotify. So if you are listening on either two of those platforms, I would love to ask you to give us a little rating. And if you have an extra moment to give us um, a little, uh, what do they call it? Review. That would be great. And... I stumbled across a thing recently called Buy Me a Coffee. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but you can buy my guests and I a coffee. Since this season, season three, is all about my guests, I thought it'd be a fun little interaction to do with you all and my guests. And we will give you a shout out to you or your company or whatever you want us to shout out to on the next show. Last but not least, my girl Katerina and I, who is a financial advisor, we are going to be launching a an abundance course coming out in March. So stay tuned for that. I will update links in the description box or show notes, whatever you want to call it. So you can come back to that and see if there's links to our abundance course, if you want to find out more information or join us on this really sacred container in clearing our money blocks and bringing in wonderful financial abundance. Anyway, I won't take up any more of your time. Enjoy the show. you are listening to Creatrix Culture. I'm your host, Sarah Wolf. And today we are sitting with the beautiful Rosemary Holbrook. I just met Rosemary and was on her podcast the other day. And we are now continuing the conversation over here. So you definitely go in the show notes and we'll have a link to the episode over there. And then we're going to that was more about me. Now we're going to be talking more about her. So I'm excited to continue this conversation. Welcome, Rosemary. Me too. Thanks. Yes. Rosemary is the founder of Yogi Scopes, which combines yoga and astrology. And we're going to dive deeply into that here in a minute. And then her podcast is also called The Science of Light. So yeah, let's talk about that because I'm really excited to, to dive into this topic with you. Just like I wanted to wait to give you my little yoga background. Um, I've been studying the yoga or practicing since I think it was 2000 and maybe 2003, 2004. I was actually in Santa Monica and I met up with a friend that we actually were doing extra work. This was so long ago. We were doing extra work on a Weezer music video and <laughs> we had met at like eight o'clock in the morning. We were both on one side of the street and there was not really good directions of where the extras were supposed to go. So we just kind of started talking and then we walked across the street together and then we were on the shoot for like 14 hours and became friends and we're friends to this day. So it was after that, we decided to get coffee in Santa Monica one day and she was going to go to yoga and I was going to go to ballet. And we got deeply talking so much that I missed my ballet class. And she's like, well, why don't you just come over to yoga with me? And it was a donation class. So 
I didn't have to be signed up or anything. And then after that day, I actually never went back to ballet and I just started, I just started going, st studying more yoga and, and starting that practice. And what I loved about it was it had the same, the same feeling in the body of like using your own body for strength in a sense, mm -hmm. but where I liked it different from ballet was um, you're not standing in front of a mirror staring at you and like at yourself and then everyone else is staring at you. I really loved the, the, the thing of just like the practice becomes about you and your mat in mm -hmm. this more like internal thing, but you're still getting that through it, like the muscle tones and the breathing and the lengthening. And so it just, it had properties of, of being a dancer that I liked, but it was a more personal yeah. practice. And not one where you're like, oh, I'm, I like, don't weigh the, like my butt looks today in the mirror and I don't like this. And, I, and that girl's more flexible than me. And that person, you know, and like, that's right. where dance was a whole, like really like mental kind of stress being a dancer. Cause it was this, this constant, like comparison and staring at yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my little, that's my little short intro to yoga and how I landed in yoga. And then I've just, I've just, uh, studied the practice and, and followed yoga ever since. So I would love for you to, to bring in your background and what you're working towards and everything. So she's also, um, basically working towards and is she's in the, the latter half of a four-year program to become a, uh, yoga therapist. And that really intrigues me as well as seeing how you incorporate your, um, astrology in with what you do. So I'm just gonna let you take it away. Okay. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff and it encompasses like a lot of, um, you know, just pieces of my identity, parts of my being. So I kind of similarly, I started doing yoga when I was like, I think I was like 15. Like my mom would drive me to the local gym. I grew up in a really small town and I would go to the just group fitness yoga classes they had there at the gym. And I practiced that the rest of the way through high school, um, and then I went off to college and I was still like doing yoga, but, um, in the meanwhile, I got into a series of abusive relationships, found myself addicted to drugs and to make a long story short, when you're strung out on drugs, you're not really doing anything that you used to enjoy. So that's what I was, I was not doing yoga anymore for those years, but as I bounced in and out of recovery and went through that really hard time of like being on drugs, trying to get clean for years. Um, it was when I finally found my way back into a gym yoga class. In fact, at the YMCA, um, that, that time I tried to get clean. It was like the third time I had tried, uh, it finally stuck for me. Uh -huh. And so that just made a long story, incredibly short to kind of describe why I wanted to become a yoga therapist, because I was like, why is this thing, why did it work? Why, when I had tried, I'd been to a year long inpatient, super intense rehab program. I had done outpatient. I had done like counseling. I tried like three or four different therapists, like all these different things I had tried. And I kept relapsing until I found my way back to yoga. Um, and I also always like to give the caveat that like, it wasn't just doing yoga. I was also in counseling at the time. So I'm like, pretty like, I try not to overstate the benefits of yoga. Like it's a uh -huh. hugely, um, obviously profoundly impactful practice on my life, but I think it can't be everything to everyone, you know, right. To kind of give that caveat, but I was like, why, why did that work for me? Why, 
when I found my way back to yoga was that like the missing link between me bouncing in and out of recovery and going back to like my old um, ways of being were super unhealthy, kept finding myself in new uh, unhealthy relationships and stuff. And I was like, why did that work? So I decided I would become a yoga teacher because I was also at this point in my life where I was like, you know, fresh out of rehab, needed something to do other than wait tables, um, which is what I did for like a good 10 years of my life. Oh, I've waited tables for for an extremely long time. (laughs) I just ended that. Yeah. So I'm with you. And so I was like, that, that was what I did to put me through my yoga teacher training in fact, mm-hmm. though, but, um, and I had done that throughout my entire addiction, like all the, I waited tables for a long time. And, yeah. but I always, I came from this family that was very much like, we get real degrees and they're all like doctors and lawyers and engineers and shit, you know, like, oh, yeah. sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss. Oh, you can totally swear. I actually didn't swear earlier because I was like, I don't know if like, I don't, I'm, like, I'm trying to like clean up my mouth. I don't want to offend people lately. I'm like, oh, I should turn it back. But like, no, I, I yeah, you, you it's an open platform. You can talk yeah. about whatever you want on here. It's totally fine. Awesome. So so I was like, it was actually like, I would dropped out of engineering school. I waited tables and was on drugs most of the way through engineering school because that's what my family wanted me to do. Kind of, you know, I was like doing it to impress them. Yeah. It was a very authentic path for me. Um, and so I was like, well, I've pretty much like my family already doesn't think highly of me anymore. So I'll just go ahead and become a yoga teacher, which is what I always wanted to do since I was 15 anyway. Uh-huh. And now I just kind of had the freedom, the beautiful part of being at rock bottom in your life is you can build back in whatever way you desire. And I was like, I guess I'll go to yoga teacher training. And so I did. And in that training, I did, um, we had to do like a research project in that training. And so I was like, chose my topic to be yoga for addiction. And then Mm. along that path, I kind of found um, that the reason yoga tends to, this is like an oversimplification to try and not make this take forever. Um, you can take as long as you want. That's fine. (laughs) Okay, cool. So, um, the reason yoga works for addiction, or at least that we've like proved air quotes proved Uh through research thus far is, um, it's very effective in treating trauma or at least I should say the caveat again, as being an adjunct treatment to like traditional therapy, because traditional therapy is pretty important, but it's not a whole person approach. And then you bring in yoga and you get that a little bit of extra mental health that that yoga doesn't quite provide when you have like a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. such as substance use disorder or whatever the case is. Um, it provides some good mental health tools for somebody who doesn't have a diagnosis or whatever. Working through um, some deep yeah. trauma. Like if you're doing, some, yeah. Yeah. If you're working through some deep stuff, you probably need, you know, and it's the same thing for any, because I'll get into this more when I start talking about what yoga therapy is and kind of yeah. how I found my way into that. But like anything that if you have like yoga is how to make you well, but if you're, if you have a deep disease state, then that's what the medical model is good for. You know, yoga can't fix a broken arm. Right. You should probably not do yoga if you have a broken arm. I was just going to say, yeah. 
<laughs> you know? And so it's like, if you have like something wrong, it's not yet like you can use yoga to help, but you probably need some kind of other specialist too. Mm-hmm. But, um, then yoga is the piece that will integrate all of that because I've also seen people like get chased around to a bunch of different specialists. And then as a yoga therapist, what we do is like help them kind of integrate that all and see the missing links and, and things like that. Um, because it is a whole person approach, but anyway, back in my yoga teacher training is kind of when I discovered that the missing link, I guess, with related to addiction, at least is, is trauma. Mm -hmm. And a lot of addiction therapies are trying to treat the symptom, which is addiction, which needs to be treated before you can address the underlying cause. You're not going to address any trauma when you're still wrecking your life because you're using drugs or whatever. Right. So, so at a certain point in recovery, you do need to address the symptom of addiction. You have to actually like quit using or drinking or whatever the case is before you can reach a stable enough state to start addressing some of that deep trauma. And so some of that can be addressed through therapy, but the reason yoga works, I didn't actually learn this in my yoga teacher training. I ended up going back to finish my degree because I had dropped out of engineering school, but instead I went for a degree in health and wellness promotion. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was after I finished my yoga teacher training. I went back to school for that. I was like, I might as well uh-huh. have a degree. I was pretty close to having one. So I'll just pick one that's interest, interesting to me, you know? And yeah. so I was like, oh, um, and it and turned out to be super holistic, the degree that I got. And um, I did some undergraduate research there related to specifically yoga for trauma. Um, kind of what we discovered is that if you take a PTSD diagnosis and all the symptoms, you know, somebody doesn't have to have that diagnosis to have some of the symptoms from going through hard stuff in their life, things like hypervigilance, like always being scared it's going to happen again, mm-hmm. not being able to really shut down, like always being on the watch out for the next bad thing to happen is one of the biggest ones. Depressive cluster like symptoms. There's a whole bunch of them, but hypervigilance is one of the main, most important ones. And um, the way that yoga helps address that is because trauma disconnects people from their bodies and their emotions because those things become unsafe when you've been through hard situations, you know, that leads into dissociation and stuff like that. And then when people start to feel unsafe in their bodies and emotions, well, literally what yoga does is connects you back to your body and your emotions and helps facilitate experiences where you do feel safe and it takes practice. Like, it's not like you just do one yoga and now you're cured. You know? yeah. <laughs> like you have to keep practicing to where you really convince your mind and body that it's safe to be there, experience your emotions and sensations. And it takes time and it's a pretty intricate process, but it's pretty magical. You know, what's interesting about that is I used to say, um, when I was like deep in my yoga practice, there was a time I was able to go like five, six days a week. And, um, the classes I would go to would be like an hour and a half to two hours long. And I would say, I would come in at one, I'd say it was my AA. I would come in in one mindset and I would go through this, you know, I just, I loved my teacher. He's amazing. 
Um, he's kind of well known. His name's Brian Kest, um, but he had a beautiful studio in Santa Monica. Like I said, it was donation based. It was just, it was like right by the ocean. So you'd come in, you'd be like in LA traffic and just the, the hard LA life. And you go in and you spend an hour and a half to two hours with him. And then you come out and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's like, I feel, you know, so this is really cool that I, I was having that experience before I knew, do you know what I mean? I was just, it was like, totally. I was led to this thing. And I love that there's a bigger thing. There's a bigger thing to it. And I just wanted to touch on too, you know, why I love what I'm hearing and what I'm loving about this so much is that like a lot of people with addiction and doing different stuff is because they, they can't handle their bodies, right. For whatever reason, like for me, I don't drink anymore. It's going to be two years on new year's. And, um, when I'm 41. So in, I'm about to be 42 in my twenties, like emotions was too much for me. I couldn't handle them. Right. So yeah. anytime I would get super emotional, I would drink or I would take a shot or even a sip because I couldn't, and I'm really empathic. So if I was too bombarded with stuff, I didn't have the tools to do anything in mm -hmm. life. And I would just, the only thing I knew how to like figure it out was to drink and numb it. So I know a lot of people that have abuse, um, substance abuse things, is they already can't, they're trying to numb their bodies with that, you know what I mean? Or to help be Absolutely. like live in their bodies, right? Yeah. But, then that, but then it also disconnects you from your bodies and then the trauma right. and then like the whole thing. So that's mm -hmm. really cool that this is like, I really, I'm really loving this, um, a yeah. tool to, to really, and it's, you know, it's not just like a philosophy. It's, it, it is like, you know, you guys have been working this and you're part of, you know, a, a long study of it, of bridging that to get people safely back in because it's so important. Absolutely. And safe in and safely, and they can be back in here safely. And I can see because of that, why then the choice to not go back down the substance path, it becomes easier to stay. Right. And I mean, I went through different, you know, the like the year long um, treatment center. It was actually two year long. I was there for a year. I left early, but um, I was at this treatment center for a year. And you know, there's like twelve step programs and stuff. And and both of those modalities are like you have to, you got to feel it to heal it. Which I agree, you have to feel your feelings. But the concept of like a fourth step, I guess, where you have to like write down everything you ever went through. I don't know. There's this notion in a lot of traditional therapies, it's kind of becoming debunked now that you don't actually have to re-experience your traumatic events to integrate and heal from them. Um, and so that has a lot to do with the work of Peter Levine. Um, he wrote the book, Waking the Tiger, which is actually the one I read for my yoga teacher training that kind of started this. Is that, journey. I might've like, bought that book for a minute and then returned it is it like a black book with a tiger on the front do you have it yeah, I have it let me I want to see that because it's funny if that's a book I bought and then I end up returning oh no not that one but I'm gonna write that down and then I'll put that in the show notes too so it's waking the tiger uh by Peter Levine and he kind of is the pioneer of this work because this book came out I don't know, a long time ago. And he's been doing this work at least since like the seventies, I think. Oh, wow. 
I mean, it could be um, the same book and they read, you know, like sometimes they like yeah. put different covers on it. I'm like curious to go back to, I mm-hmm. live like next to a Barnes and Nobles down the street. I'm, I might walk down there later today and see if that was the one that I. This particular book came out in 1997. And okay. obviously that was not when he started doing the work. It's just when that particular book came out. And so um, he's a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So he does like, he's like an MD medical doctor. Um, but he was kind of the first one in the medical realm to ever talk about how the body and the mind might be connected, right? Like mm-hmm. most everything in the medical model is kind of what I was alluding to before. It's like you have your endocrinologist that does your hormones and you have your mental health person. They only talk about mental health and they're not going to tell you anything about your physical health. And mm-hmm. you have your um, general practitioner that's going to do your blood work. And then, so a lot of times what happens is people will run into things where they're like, okay, my blood work's coming back fine. My, like, I don't really have a mental health diagnosis, like all this stuff, all these doctors are telling me I'm fine, but I don't feel fine. I don't feel like I'm thriving in my life. And that's where like yoga therapy comes in because you can kind of connect the whole picture. Um, we're not like allowed to diagnose anything, but that's just the thing. In my experience, a lot of times, like I've been in places in my life before where I didn't have any kind of diagnosis of anything that a doctor could help me with, Mm -hmm. but I just felt like I could be living my life better. I felt like I could be happier. I felt like I could feel freer or lighter or just whatever. And that's where the practice of yoga has always come in for me, you know, because there's a lot of things to yoga that we need, you know, like the community aspect. That's why this whole like pandemic time has been hard. Everybody's been in their room in their house doing yoga online or whatever. I have a really hard time with that. I was talking with a friend last night. We took a breath work workshop and I just found myself not really participating as good as I should. And I'm like, I just do so much better when it's live and we're in a group and like, and I I think that's why my yoga practice has kind of like fallen to the side a little bit because one, Mm. my teacher closed his doors and, and I just loved everything about it. And two, I just, even though he's online, I just don't get that. Like, I don't know. I just so much more joy, enjoy being there's totally something energetic I think about practicing in person with folks, but then there's also this piece where like, so you definitely don't get this from a, a YouTube or like a pre-recorded thing, but maybe you're doing yoga on zoom where it's live, but a, a lot of time, like you, you don't get those few minutes while you're both sitting next to each other, putting your shoes on and you get to talk about the new puppy you got or like yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? It just, those little moments are like, they're just invaluable, you know? Yeah. We need community. They also say like our hearts communicate um, within three feet of each other, right? Yeah. So the whole problem with this whole six feet apart thing, just that in general, is we have been forced to be disconnected from the communication Mm -hmm. of our hearts. And now I'm just getting like a whole download that of you talking about why classes like in person is like so much more powerful. Is that like, you know, especially in yoga, like, you know, pre-pandemic like some classes would be so you know I mean you can literally stack yoga mats together and have like the smallest space between 
mats, right? Yeah. So all these hearts working together and communicating, like that's really powerful, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like going into a certain energy together and like, that's, I mean, yeah, I can see where like another, that bringing in that, that community aspect. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the hugest pieces, I think of it but then also I mean because you know when you have a community you have people that notice when you don't show up and they ask you about mm-hmm. how you are like what's going on you know and you and you don't really cultivate that as much or at least I haven't felt it as much through online spaces yeah. um but I don't even remember where I was going with that yeah (laughs) just basically how yoga is like a whole person approach and that's like a right right small example of it but yeah so I was on this journey of like discovering why yoga worked for me to heal from addiction and all the traumatic things in my life that led to addiction Mm -hmm. um you know because it it is very much addiction is like a symptom like people don't just start abusing drugs when their life is awesome usually you know, I mean, sometimes, but, but like, usually there's something below the surface to mm-hmm. where somebody would feel the need to throw everything good in their life away, you know, and some of that's Lord. special. Yeah. Um, because especially like I was doing opiates and opiates are like also a physiological addiction, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but anyway, so I was on this path when got a degree, did some undergraduate research, I'm a super nerd about like all the reasons why yoga works. And then, so I was just kind of like, I got the degree and I was like off and running, um, teaching yoga, have this degree to kind of like back it up. And meanwhile, I'm like, I have a two-year-old. So I've been having kids during this time also. So that's kind of like pulled me away from the work too. But really, so where the astrology piece came in, I was already, like, I've been to astro- into astrology my whole life. Like any, I had an app, I had the apps on my phone. I had anytime I would like see it in the newspaper, I'd be like, oh, I got to read that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've been like super into it, like low-key guilty pleasure into it most of my life. You know what I mean? Like my family was like, that's ridiculous. It's not even scientifically accurate. You know, I went to engineering school. I come from a family of nerds. Like I'm a nerd myself. And so that piece kind of always bothered me too that it was like I'm like oh this like isn't even technically where the planets are in space but I still think there's something to it I don't know uh-huh and then during 2020 when the quarantine first happened huge monumental shift for a lot of us you know for almost everybody yeah. something big happened that year <laughs> um, you know I don't know like my husband is like an exception he's been working like his job anyway, like he's in construction. So he didn't like, Oh, he didn't have a break. Yeah. Slow down. Yeah. Construction like, went off. Like everyone's yeah, like, Oh, I'm yeah. home. Now I want to like, you know, build out the kitchen bigger, do this or do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. In fact, that's when his business went from being just like him and a business partner to now they have like five employees, um, which is a pretty big deal anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so for most folks, it's like, it was like this time to like, you know, kind of go back home and, and sit with yourself. And through that comes some kind of realizations most of the time. And, and it was just a hard time in general, right? Like we were all scared. We all didn't know what the hell was going on. Like, you know, and, um, there was this like collective anxiety. 
So I had a four month old at the time in okay. March of 2020. My son yeah. was only a few months old. I had just barely reemerged from maternity leave when I had to go back, back. to it basically. Yeah. Um, and through during that time, I, so in my yoga teacher training, we had had this one little, like one hour lecture that was actually about Ayurveda, but it just happened to be that the teacher of that lecture also was into Vedic astrology, which is, i never knew it existed before my yoga teacher training. Mm. Um, and so that kind of planted the seed for me. And that was in 2017. Um, that there was even such a thing as Vedic astrology. And as a yoga teacher, I was like, well, if yoga has its own system of astrology, I've got to learn that, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so, so that kind of planted the seed for me. But meanwhile, I was like getting a degree and having a child. So I didn't really take the time to learn it until 2020. Um, I was actually still in school and now doing school with a very small baby at home. And so that was challenging, but, um, I just, during that time, I guess I needed the, um, guidance that I feel like I get from astrology. So that's when I kind of mm -hmm. took a deep dive into finally learning Vedic astrology. And so I also that year started my yoga therapy training, uh, because I didn't think I would be able to go back to school with uh -huh. my baby. So I just like applied for the yoga therapy training. I have this tendency to do too much stuff at once. <laughs> so in like the end of 2019, my son was born in like the end of 2019. So uh -huh. and I was like, um, well, I still have two semesters left of school. I don't know if I'll be able to do it because I didn't know if I'd be able to find childcare. There's a lot of variables. And so I was like, well, if I can't do school, I've got to do something and yoga therapy training is on the weekends and I have a partner that can like we can so he works during the week so yeah. I can do stuff on the weekends and so um so I applied for the yoga therapy training and then also ended up figuring out school and so then I was doing both and then the pandemic happened and I was like ah. and astrology kind of made me feel better I guess uh -huh. you know it made me feel like I had some agency and autonomy in the time that where it was like everything was just crazy and nobody knew what was happening. Mm -hmm. And really though, if I look back on my life, at least I'm like, 2020 was like a huge example of it, but have we ever had control over our lives? Like ever? No. You know? <laughs> so, like not at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I mean, cause I never would have expected I would have ended up addicted to opiates, like sticking needles in my arms. So right. that was out of left field yeah. that wrecked my life for a little bit in a bigger way than 2020 did really. Right. Um, so, so that, um, gave me some perspective, but still I found through astrology, I found this like way to feel like I wasn't just a victim to the energies. I felt like I could have these archetypes to understand the energies at play so that I could tailor for me, my yoga practice, because that's, that's what I do. That's, I don't know. I say like a yoga a day keeps the crazy away for me. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that, that's kind of how that was born using astrology and yoga together, just because that's what I do. Like 
for in my own life to give myself some feelings of clarity, some feelings of like I'm working with the energies at play. Um, and, and so it was kind of born out of learning astrology while taking a yoga therapy training where I'm learning all these different ways to choose a yoga practice for a specific, um, you know, ailment or whatever the case is. Like if you want to reach a certain goal, that's what I'm kind of what I'm learning in my yoga therapy training is just if somebody has an issue that they want to deal with or a goal that they want to reach, I'm now equipped with all of these different yoga practices and how to select the best one based on what somebody has going on. And it's extremely complex. That's why it's a four-year training with right. uh, like, I don't want to quote the number wrong, but basically I, I can't remember how many hours of practicum I have to do, but it like the number of hours, but I have to do 15 clients, eight sessions supervised by my teachers and two uh, group yoga, like therapeutic groups sessions for eight sessions each also supervised by my teachers. So it's super heavy, super like they encourage us to kind of not just, you know, it's good to specialize because you can't know everything about everything, Yeah. but they encourage us while we're in training and while we have their guidance um, to try and see as many people with as many different issues as we can. So that we're not like, you know, cause I could easily do like pregnancy and postpartum because I'm in the time in my life where I've been in pregnancy or postpartum for the past two years and will be for the next two years, at least, you know, so that's a very, like, I know how to use yoga for that issue, um, you know, yeah. and support, um, in that way. But I'm also learning through this training, like it, it really runs the gamut of everything, like from postural concerns, you know, how do you help somebody who has like a really rounded upper back, a kyphosis or like somebody who has bulging discs, you know, low back problems, uh, chronic pain, diabetes, you know, mental health issues, it just literally everything mm-hmm. is covered at some point in this training, um, along with like what the actual diagnosis could be for different things, what specialists we could work with and refer to. It's super hefty, super yeah. all-inclusive. But kind of the idea is that we come out of it knowing how to tailor a yoga practice to help people reach the goals that they set. We help people set goals mm-hmm. that are like smart goals, you know, uh, yeah, specific, measurable, all that stuff. Attainable. What is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Reachable. Is it reachable? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And have a time element. Yeah. Time, so it's like time, we set. Yeah. And I was also like, meanwhile, I did like I was a wellness coach while I was in school for for the health and wellness degree. So I'm also trained in like motivational interviewing where it's like, I don't, I don't bestow my knowledge on people. I listen to them and kind of, I'm trained in like drawing out what, what people actually want for themselves. So I'm not putting my projections onto them where I'm like, okay, this is what I think your issue is. And this is how I think we're going to fix it. You know, it's more of a collaborative process where we're like, well, what are you experiencing? What do you want to experience instead? Mm-hmm. What seems realistic for you practice-wise 
to get you there. Cause we don't just give everybody like, okay, just start doing 90 minutes of yoga a day. Cause well, really, if you did that, like it would probably fix all your problems, right? Yeah. yeah. But not everybody can or wants to. Right. So super individualized, super personalized. And so I learned about astrology in the meanwhile. And I'm like, that's just, I, I just wanted to pair those two things because they are, you know, you can go and learn Vedic astrology. There's lots of people on the internet that will teach you Vedic astrology. There's lots of people on the internet that will teach you yoga. That's what I found is like, nobody's really teaching you how to use them together, mm-hmm. even though they're sister sciences, even though they come from the same place. Mm-hmm. And I, it was really born out of like, I wanted somebody to teach me how to do that. And there was nobody that I could find. It was wow, going to teach yeah. me. So I had to learn and think about it. Like teach yourself and bridge yeah. that gap. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, your journey is really beautiful because I get so excited and in like in the, in, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I get so excited to hear about people's journeys is when like we have these opposing forces, like clearly you're not ever have supposed to go on the path of your family. Right. Right. And yeah. like, I too, like, I still haven't gotten to astrology yet. And I met a guy during, um, during the pandemic, who's in India, who gave me a Vedic astrology reading. Yeah. And that was super cool. And, and like, it, it sparked my interest to learn eventually. Um, but I too, when, since I was really young, didn't, or I was into astrology um, and all the things that I'm doing now, I was into really young, but then I went mm-hmm. on a different path and my family didn't push me on any path. But I was like, I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to be an actress and I'm going to work yeah. in the film industry when the whole time, everything was spirituality, health and wellness, spiritual, you know, da, 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 like back and forth. Right. And, yeah. but I mean, in some respects, it's like to hear your story of like, you had these interests they weren't really supported by the people around you. Right. And like your rebellion to that, like, or your soul is like, well, I don't fit in this mold. I'm just going to go do drugs. Right. And I'm not saying that that's your story, but I know there's like so much more to it, but like, you know what I mean? And then what's interesting is the thing that you should like, I don't want to say should have been doing because I think there's a purpose to everything. Right. And we're meant to go down all these paths. We're meant to have these experiences to, strengthen what we're what what it's pushing us to do that's a very short and like glossier version than the real thing but it's it's beautiful to see that these seeds were planted you went on a totally different like you know thing but it's like you found your way back to I just love when people find their way back to what really lights them up right and and, and finding that journey. And sometimes you have to go down the deep, dark, ugly paths, but you're also meant to learn what is beyond there. Because when you get into helping people really, unfortunately, unfortunately, the more, you know, the deeper you can go with people and the more trust they have with you to also then, and you, you found the way out, right? to lead them to their, what lights them up in their purpose. Right. Yeah. But as an individual, when we go through these deep, dark paths, it's like, gosh, like some days, you know, it's like, like really, I had to go through all of that to get to here, you know, and it's heartbreaking and it's hard. And like, your life is 
on the line and trauma happens and you know what I mean? And it's not yeah. easy. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying it or trying to gloss over it. You know what I mean? No, I but, agree. But coming yeah. from like what I say, I play 3d, 5d, like when you come from like a fifth dimensional level and look at it, it's actually like super beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Even though down here, it's like, it's not beautiful, you know? Well, yeah. And I get that. Like people are like, oh, you should never like say that everything happens for a reason because when you're in that tough time, you're like, well, screw you. Like this does not feel like a reason. Oh my gosh. Those bullshit. Kind of like, yeah, it feels <laughs> shitty to be told that. But once you yeah. kind of get to the other side, you're like, oh, well, like just a small example for me, if I had never, you know, gone through that path, because when I was 15, you know, I started doing yoga when I was 15. Um, and when I was like 17 and preparing to go to college, I wanted to become a yoga instructor then, but that was like, not, not, not going to fly. So, yeah. um, so I had to go and get a real degree. So I was thinking of either nursing or engineering. And so I ended up going to this school that I thought had both, but apparently the engineering was like a transfer program. Um, and so it was only like pre-engineering. So, but meanwhile, they also had this super good holistic health program, right? What I like, what I ultimately ended up doing, yeah. um, but I didn't stay there. I had to transfer schools and all of this stuff. And I'm like, wow, if I had just stayed, like, if I had just done what I wanted to do at first, um, like I was already set up, I could have just done it when I was 18, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. but I didn't, I had to go through these years of, um, addiction and codependence, like codependency that led to addiction ultimately, right. um, because it was like being in a relationship with somebody who devolved into doing drugs while we were together that led me to doing drugs too mm -hmm. um and I remember when I was in that and I tried going to the first therapist I ever tried going to um I was in engineering school I was also in a sorority and I also had a job like I was doing a lot of stuff and I was strung out on pills like actually already sticking needles in my arm at this point wow. um and she told me like why don't you just try to join more clubs and I was like, what? what? It is not a misuse of my time. It's not because I don't have enough stuff to do, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And I was really offended by that. And so I look back on that and I'm like, well, if I didn't go through all that stuff, I would have been that person telling people to just try more clubs or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And you yeah. can, you can tell people can tell when you when you have like, say street smarts, right? When you've right. been through the shit, when you've been through and you walk into someone, I've gone to therapists and they can't help me. And the only yeah. reason is, yeah, they might have some like, um, you know, textbook things, but I end up like running the entire session. And I had this last therapist I was, and she's like, and we would like get to somewhere and then I would leave for the week and I would do all this work because I'm very self-aware, right? Yeah. And I have a very good sense of things and I would like, do all this work and I'd come back and she'd be like I didn't expect you to work through all that so quickly I'm like well yeah because it's like okay we got to the root now I know what you know what I mean yeah and then they, they I could tell like for my life and what I've gone through and seen and been around and all of it and what they have it we didn't connect so mm -hmm. like 
in some ways is like, that's a like, unfortunate, fortunately, unfortunately, your path is a gift because you can help really change and help people because they can see that, you know, and then they know, you know, and you know, right. So like, that's, there's so much like beauty in that. Yeah. And I super wrestle with that one too. Like, because I've been to, I've probably been to like seven or eight different therapists throughout my life. And I can honestly, like, this is messed up, but I can honestly only say that one of them was really good and really helped me. And it just so happened that that one was also in the same time frame where I was saying I started going to yoga again at mm-hmm. the gym. Um, and so that's why, like, I currently teach yoga at gyms, which I feel like in the yoga industry is like frowned upon, like it's not real yoga or something unless you right. teach at a studio, but teach, but practicing at a studio has almost always been cost prohibitive for me personally. I'm like, why would I pay a hundred plus dollars a month for just yoga when I can pay $50 a month for yoga and other group fitness classes and an entire gym and a pool and a shower and childcare and all this other thing. I'm just like, no, I'm not, not going to do it. And so I also have small kids and I like teaching places that have childcare. I can bring my kid to while I'm teaching, but anyway, I, so I found my way back into gym yoga and that's just my little plug for gym yoga is not lesser yoga sometimes it is where brand new teachers teach but there are also at least in my experience teachers that have been teaching for 20 plus years that still teach at gyms so there's good yoga to be had you know quote unquote good yoga to be had at gyms too but so I found my way back into gym yoga and also had this one good therapist at the time and but I've been to a bunch of bad ones. Like the one who told me I should try to join more clubs when I was in engineering school, had a job working 25 plus hours a week, full-time student, had a job in a sorority, like definitely doing extracurriculars and still finding time to abuse drugs. I don't think my use of time was like the problem or that I needed more things on my plate. You know what I mean? So it's just like, that's a really extreme example, but I've been to some other ones like well, this is my thing where I'm like, okay, then I definitely had a diagnosis, but like since the pandemic, I've tried to go to therapy twice and I don't, I don't, I guess I don't really have a diagnosis now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we got to get, figure out what your diagnosis is to build, build this to insurance so we can get paid. Right. Oh. And, and I don't have one. Like sometimes I just wanted extra support. Like there's a pandemic yeah. going on and I'm a new mom and that's weird that they have to have a diagnosis that's kind of troubling all in itself no yeah so I have really crappy insurance though because I'm Mm. self-employed um so it's like maybe if I could self-pay but that's more than my car payment a month right you know what I mean like so it's just there's barriers and I just I hate to uh, like my whole point in describing all that is like I don't want to downplay therapy I think therapy serves an important purpose and it can be really helpful for a lot of folks. But I just also feel like sometimes everybody's like therapy is the end all be all and everybody should be in therapy all the time because it's going to make you better. And I'm like, I don't think that's the case. I think you're like really lucky, you know, you know, if like if you find that good relationship with a therapist and you have that good insurance and mm-hmm. access to mm-hmm. it, because I just think people gloss over all that stuff. Like, uh, like every therapist isn't for everybody, just right. kind of like every 
yoga teacher isn't for everybody. Every astrologist isn't for everybody. Right. Every doctor is not for, it's like, yeah. you really have to find, yeah, the, the people yeah. you gel with. I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about um, on your podcast about really the whole thing too, of, you know, you saying that therapy isn't like kind of the end all be all either is, is how we really dived into is the whole body approach of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, like therapy, isn't just yeah. going to fix you. Yoga isn't just right. going to fix you. It yes. have to incorporate mental health, physical health, you know, wellness. Um, just, you, you have to start the spirituality. You have to start looking at the body as a, a whole and not one thing is going to can, it does, cannot, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you could be doing tons of yoga, but if you're eating like crap, right. Right. You're still going to yeah. not be a whole, you're still not going to be in whole health. Right. right. So yeah. there is something to be said about it. It can't in, in our path to wholeness and wellness, we have to incorporate different things in it to, to get us where we need to go. Can't your therapist though, just like make up something? (laughs) Can't they just like say like whatever their diagnosis is like just. Yeah. And, and I think there's even like a kind of like a catch-all diagnosis called like an adjustment disorder. So that could have totally applied when I was like a brand new mom and adjusting to the pandemic and yeah, adjusting to being a new mom and in college during a pandemic, like I'm like, I'm not, I don't have a degree in this shit, but it seems like that could work, right. but I don't know. <laughs> There's stuff that goes over my head. Uh, so anyway, I just like, yeah, I think it's helpful for anybody to have some kind of a, objective perspective to help them piece everything together. And I want to recognize that therapists can, and often do do that for people. Mm-hmm. Many of them do many of them don't as well. Um, and same thing with yoga teacher, like some yoga teachers are just going to give you your physical practice and nothing else. Yeah. And that's fine. And there's a place for that. And that's important, but I think it's important also for everybody to have somebody that can help them step out of outside of themselves and see the missing pieces to their holistic wellness. And some people have like a family member or a close friend that can be that for them. Mm-hmm. And some people have a yoga therapist or an astrologist or like a sound healer. You know what I mean? Like it could be. Yeah a lot of things it looks a lot of different ways for different people but I think we all need somebody if not a team of somebody's helping us step outside of ourselves and kind of see our blind spots you know absolutely I talk about that a lot um with just in conversation with friends um especially like what I'm finding is like I'm seeing how much how important it is for healers to be healed to continue mm-hmm. their healing and for he- like I I've ran into a lot of healers that are just like no I'm the the healer of all healers and I don't need healing and I'm like but I'm like yeah. I can clearly see your blind spots <laughs> and you won't even yeah. listen that you need to be healed and yeah. it's it's one reason why I like you know to 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 take like tarot cards in a sense and one reason why I like tarot cards is when they lay out, they show you something that you might not want to look at. It's a visual projection mm-hmm. of what's kind of around you. So yes, having that, because we can't see everything within ourselves, right? Is we need exactly. to work in community and as teams and sharing our gifts, right? And that's the big thing, sharing our gifts, because like what you do, I don't do, you know what I right. mean? And like, yeah. like it's, 
I don't do what you do. I'm working and do other things, you know, but those two things assist each other, you know, right. um, I wanted to honor the time. Cause I don't know if you have to, uh, if you have a heart out right now, at, you're okay for a few minutes, if you want yeah, to continue can. the conversation. Okay. I'm pretty soon, but okay. Minutes. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it's really important to, I think the hard thing is too, and, and I've struggled with this because LA is an extremely expensive city to live in. And even if you make decent money, like these extra things to help you, you don't have money for them. Right. Right. So you're just kind of like learning to do it on your own or, or flailing about, or it's like, same thing here. Like I'm sad. My teacher closed his studio because like I said, it was donation based and it was like an hour and a half to two hours of yoga where you go down the street from my house to like, um, what's the name of the place? Core power. I don't know if you guys, oh, have yeah. power, right. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Yeah. But you pay like 20 some dollars for a half an hour. And the first time I went there, it was like, I'm used to like this rigorous program, right. Where it's like a half hour is just warm up, you know? Right. And it was like over. And I'm like, what happened? And I gave you guys $20 for what? Like, what did we do? We didn't even do anything yet. Some days, yes, a half an hour yoga is like all your body can take or all you have time for. That's great. But when I need that, like severe, my AA mental shift in a sense, like I need a deep, long practice because mm -hmm. going in gets me through and kind of wears my brain out in a way to kind of just like calm down. But yeah, I hear you on that. It's like, I, I, I would go to gym yoga as well, just because like, yeah, I'm already paying for this and this is here. Yeah. And I want to do yoga in, in a group, you know, in a community setting, but you know, I also don't want to pay them down the street who I just don't really like their classes anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to what you just said talking, you know, in terms of like access and, you know, societal equity and a lot of stuff that at this point in the conversation, I don't even want to open that can of worms, but it is a huge concern too, like making things accessible for more folks that aren't just the elite, yeah. you know what I mean? because everybody needs access to this kind of stuff. And there's a lot of barriers and, mm -hmm. and it's such a fine line because it's like those of us that are doing it, well, we also need to pay for the for us to live, you know what I mean? Yeah, but we also exactly. want to be accessible. Like I try to do sliding scales with stuff, yeah. but sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't slide the scale too much because I also need to pay my rent and I have a right. dog and you know, this and that and, and all the things and let, you know, so it's, but I, I really want people to be able to come heal. So, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it is a fine line to balance with that. It is for sure. Um, do you do your, um, everything that you do with all your therapies and everything, do you do them remotely? Do you do them? So I do astrology reading. Okay. Yeah. Remotely. Those can be virtual or in per I do them in person too, but even people local to me will still do them virtually, mm -hmm. um, a lot. So, and those I have set up where you can literally just like go to my website and book yourself, okay. um, a virtual session, but I also, I don't actually have the yoga therapy on my website because it's, it's like, if we're going to have a therapeutic relationship like that, anyway, you should, I would hope you would feel comfortable, like sending me an email. 
<laughs> so I don't have it where you can just go and book yourself. I like maybe one day I will, I'll have that process down where I've got the intake sheet loaded up online. And because that's the thing is I have a whole like six page intake sheet wow. where you fill out kind of your bed, super legit, um, fill out your background and stuff. And so for that, I can do it virtually. I prefer in person, but, um, I'm happy to do it virtually, especially if like, if your main concern was postural, uh, that probably wouldn't be the best use of our time. Like I would probably rather that be in person, but Mm -hmm. with other main concerns that aren't like, you know, we can address postural concerns. It's just not as easy. Um, so if like with other main concerns, it's a little bit easier to do virtually. So the answer is yes, but you can't just go book yourself for yoga therapy at least. Um, but you can for astrology readings. And I also offer a membership kind of similar to your Patreon, except for, I don't, I wish I could just call it Patreon. Cause a lot of people have like an embodied understanding of what Patreon is, uh-huh. but it's a membership offered through my website. I just have a website hosting platform where I can oh, do, do the exact oh, same cool. thing that Patreon does. Cause yeah. I'm a podcaster. It's the same idea. It's just, um, so in there I offer what I call Yogi scopes which this is a nice little put a bow on the whole, what I do. Um, yogi yeah. scopes are like yoga horoscopes, horoscopes for yogis. So it's like we use, I use the astrology, I'll tell you about the astrological weather. And then based on your birth chart, I'll give you some yoga practices to work with that, um, whatever's going on. And so I put those out weekly. And then we also have monthly um, new moon circles and I'm currently right now I guess I'm assuming by the time this episode airs uh because I'm what I'm working on today is a calendar for 2022 Mm -hmm. that has not only all the like astrological dates um you know every time like a planet changes signs all the full moons new moons what sign those are in all the eclipse dates all the retrograde dates not just for Mercury but for like Venus Jupiter Saturn all all of the retrogrades um, we'll be in one place, but it's not just the dates. It's like, it's pretty, I've had a fun time creating it. It's like a calendar. It's like a planner. And my goal is to one day make it like a physical product, but right now it's just a PDF, um, that has like the months. And so you can, it has like some mindset work in it too. Like, yeah, I've been talking a lot about it on my podcast. I don't want to like beat it to death here, but, um, a, a planner for, 2022 that has all the astrological dates but also some like mindset work and worksheets and practices to help you like work best with that energy and I'm releasing that right now and things like that are free for members or you can just buy them okay yeah so cool yeah so your your website's yogiscopes.com correct y-o-g-i-s-c-o-p-e-s and that'll be in the notes. Um, and then you have Yogi Scopes. Um, you're on Instagram. Are you on any other platforms? Yeah, I made a Twitter just because I was like, I want to have this handle in case one day I want to use Twitter, <laughs> but I don't ever use that. But I'm also I don't on either. Facebook. But I have it. Same thing. Yeah. I'll like just post if I put it out an episode, but I don't do anything else on it, That's right? Smart. I don't even do that. I've posted zero tweets, but I'm like, okay. I want to have the handle just in case maybe one day I'll feel like doing tweets, but not today. Yeah, I do that with that. Like if someone's like a new platform is coming out, I'm like, okay, get all my handles. And then I don't even know if I'm going to do it, but just so at least I have them. Um, and so I use, I actually use Facebook a lot more than I use Instagram. And I have a Facebook group. It's called Yoga Plus Astrology. But if you just go to my 
Yogi Scope's Facebook page, you can, there's like a tab that says groups. I also have a yoga memes Facebook group. That's like purely just for laughs. Okay. Funny memes related to spirituality. That's uh-huh. super fun. And I don't allow it. I don't try to sell anything in there. I don't allow anybody else to. It's like just memes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then, but the yoga plus astrology group is like more of a community. It's a private group where we can just, I'm more active in there than I am on Instagram. Okay. For whatever reason. I don't know. I just like that format better. Yeah. Um, it's where I post polls. If I'm going to have an event, the people in that group get to like help decide on the time that the event will be. Um, I post also memes in there because I'm a goofball and I can't help myself uh-huh. um, and, and like update, you know, that's where I put any social media time. I focus, it's like into that group, no. but I have an Instagram too. Okay. So. Um, where are you located? You're on the East coast somewhere, right? Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. So if anyone's in Asheville, you, yeah. you can see her in person there. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there, Oh, you mentioned something the other day when we were talking, you were you starting a woman's wellness group soon did um, you mention something like that kind of I mean that's kind of what the new moon circles are oh okay it's not like restricted to women. kind of like you are like it's not restricted towards women but I feel like yeah. women are who mostly gravitate towards it yeah um anyway but yeah so and that's included in the membership or it's a $25 drop-in it's virtual every month on the weekend kind of near the new moon. Okay. And actually, um, I might end up settling on a regular time, like the Sunday before, perhaps, I don't know. It's still, still kind of working out the kinks. Yeah. On, like the time, because the new moon happens on a different day every month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's geared towards the new moon. We talk about the astrology of it. We do a little yoga practice um, and it's a community sharing circle. So it's kept private, but it's free for members or you can drop in. I'm also eventually going to start a retreat. We actually just bought this like farm out here. Um, and I'm hoping to get some retreats going next year, but we'll see how that goes off. So I'm due with a baby in March. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not a year after you. the astrology is looking pretty good for it being next year, but okay. attached. we'll see. That's amazing. Well, <laughs> let's definitely keep in touch. And it was so wonderful to have you on here. Do you have any parting words you want to say? you don't have to no okay I was gonna try and <laughs> we think covered so much but, um, yeah huh. no, I'm glad to be here Thanks yeah for um it, it's really been a pleasure connecting with you um through these two podcasts and I definitely want to keep in touch and um and keep each other sure. up to date and I would love to you know maybe in in a few months or like halfway through the year or something come back and like check in and see where we're all at and what's going on and be um, fun. Yeah, yeah have yeah. A, a little catch up session on the podcast i love doing that so to That's see how cool. much has yeah. transpired between now and then and yeah. um yeah so thank you everyone for listening and watching and we'll talk to you soon thanks